Hey guys, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast, where you will be inspired, encouraged, and transformed with powerful teachings and real stories of mental health. This podcast is not a substitute for counseling. If you are in a crisis, call or text your local crisis center or visit suicidepreventionlifeline.org. Jesus is in our mental health, and freedom is where we start. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Get ready. Today's show is going to bring you hope. Hello, and welcome to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. I am your host, Heidi Mortensen, licensed marriage and family therapist. Today, we're going to be talking about the connection between anxiety and control. Do you feel like you have experienced a controlling person or are you someone that likes to have control? Control is something that we can either find as relieving for some of us and for others it can be scary and abusive. So how do we get to this place of control and what does Jesus say about it? And is there a connection between anxiety and control? So I want you to stick in with me here today and hear about the impact and connection between anxiety and control. I will share examples from other people that I know that have gone to extreme measures to control their own life. And I also share of just kind of regular everyday things that we will do without even realizing it. Being in control is something that can make us feel less anxiety, but is it real and does it last? So come and join me in this episode to experience more peace and God's presence. Let's pray. Holy Spirit, we welcome you. We thank you, God, that you are in control. You are the one who sets the stage for us. And we repent, God, for getting in the way. We are sorry that we try to control. We try to get in the way. But God, we just, we don't really always know how to do this. We don't know how to be a Christian, how to walk in the ways when other people around us are doing things that we don't like or we've experienced things that we don't like. So we need help, God. We need your help. And so I pray that, Holy Spirit, you come and you be with the listeners today, God. We bind up the spirit of anxiety, the spirit of fear, the spirit of intimidation and control. And we bind up any witchcraft right now in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, for your presence and your truth to be here with this episode. Guide me to speak only what the listeners need to hear and that they will experience more freedom in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. So I've actually had some requests for this episode. I'll have some people ask me, hey, do you know of an episode that, that talks about this or talks about that? And anxiety and control has been one that I have heard quite a bit more than other episodes. And so I wanted to do this episode because of that. And I've also actually seen some things kind of be manifested where I'm like, oh, This is exactly what this is talking about, where this person is trying to be in control because they have some sense of relief from a root of anxiety. And we we don't even realize that we're doing this. We don't realize that we will step into this place of having control. And so I want to just kind of give this caveat. I don't have time here in this episode to do it a very exhaustive, in-depth teaching on this. So just know that there are elements of control Um, abuse that I will not be touching on in this episode. 
the concept of control and power can really be a very dangerous kind of, if you hear that power and control wheel, if you Google that, really is impacting people to actually be stifled a lot more and be kind of stuck in these abusive relationships because of this. I'm not going to be going into that in this episode, but I just wanted to make sure that you are aware of it. I'm going to be talking more about kind of the subtle and not so subtle forms of anxiety where we want to control situations and people around us so that it gives them some form of peace or what they think is peace. And I want you to be aware of the abuse because what can happen is if we don't recognize abuse that's happening we then will continue to be this underdeveloped person and I or people and many of us are very underdeveloped because we're not allowing ourselves to step into that place of freedom that God intends for us, but we don't realize that we're doing it. And so I'm really hoping that just by even me talking through the things I'm talking about today, that you can even experience freedom just from listening to this and there's things that are going to be unlocked from you. So even as I'm talking, I want you to just notice some things just falling off of you because because you're like, oh, yeah, I was actually doing that, or I was thinking about doing that, or I know this person in my life is doing that, and that you're able to pray for them in different ways. Um, so it's important to recognize where it's coming from and the root of this. So recognizing that anxiety is like this less hurtful form of control is what can happen. It starts and begins as really like not a big deal, and it can lead into something that is it is bigger which is abuse. And so I'm not getting into that, but I just, I want to know that you to be aware that some of what I'm talking about can be like a seed of something that can get to something bigger. And so it's important that we can learn how to operate in a place where we're aware of what's happening. And at the end of the episode, I'm going to end, I obviously will end in prayer, but I'm going to kind of talk about some, some ways that I have that you can get free from this. I, I got this sentence and I, I change it because I wanted it to be about all people. Danny Silk wrote a book um, called Powerful and Free, and he talks about women being free in the church. And I take this sentence and I actually am going to form this to all of us. So either we embrace the gospel of freedom and empower one another, or we use the scriptures to empower our fears and oppress others around us including ourselves. When we aren't recognizing that we're struggling with anxiety and then we take choices to try to control everything around us, we end up actually limiting ourselves and limiting God. We think that we're more peaceful or we think that everything is going great because we feel better. Okay, again, this is feelings. It's coming from feelings. We feel like if we control things, then everything is better. But the reality is we're not actually leaning into what God has to say. And we're trying to control everything around us. So little ways that we can control things is um, we have a child who is struggling with something and we'd immediately just tell them, don't do that. This isn't okay. Instead of taking the, the the tougher choice, which is teaching and sitting with them and being patient with them. So if you think about this, Papa God is a really good teacher. And if we're struggling with something, he doesn't just say, don't do that. That's naughty. That's bad. He actually guides us into it, allows us to make some bad choices. And when we're ready, we will say, oh, God, I'm sorry. I've been struggling with this. Will you teach me? Will you show me? 
And this is the same way with our friends, with our family members, with our children, is that we've got to have the same grace that God has for us with them. But to be able to do this, we need to be able to first understand God's grace for us and understand that God is patient with us then instead of needing to control everyone around us. So again, this this comes from this place of knowing who we are in Christ and knowing the grace that he has for us. But if we're not aware of that, then we will constantly be trying to control everything and have this like sense of I'm good. So I'm going to read Philippians 4, 6 through 7. It says, Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your mind in Christ Jesus. So we hear this, and if we're not aware of what God is intending for this, we just see it as words. We just try to muscle out, I'm going to pray for everything and, you know, I'll, with all, with, you know, Thanksgiving, I'll let my request be made known to God. It's not like that. It's, we, we turn to this place of childlikeness and being anxious for nothing doesn't mean that we don't care. I think sometimes there's some of you that have, you grew up in a family where if you weren't anxious and you weren't kind of freaking out, then it told other people that you didn't care. And if you look at Jesus, he wasn't freaking out. He wasn't anxious, but there was a lot of turmoil going on around him. He was trusting in the Lord. He was leaning not on his own understanding. And so we have to be able to recognize how to do this and how to walk in this, be in this place of confession and repentance and continuing to lean into God to get his wisdom for this. So I'm going to give a couple other examples here of how we can kind of have control. So big, big form is like government. If the government says you have to do this, then and if you or you have to do this, and if you don't, then we're not going to let you have this experience. So for example, during the pandemic, there was many businesses or government, also businesses that said you had to get the vaccine. And if you don't, you won't be able to work here. Like that right there is actually a form of control because of the anxiety and the fear around if you don't get this get this vaccine, then we're going to get sick and die. And so there's a sense of fear that's around that, that you have to get this and then you're going to be fine. And so really that is control. It's not allowing people to make their own choices. And again, it's even if there's like data, they're, you know, they're, they're saying, you know, yep, we'll give you this data. But if anybody had questions, that's not okay. You can't ask questions. Okay. Another one is um, I had a family member who shared with me about a person who is not having a relationship with them because of a divorce that happened years and years and years ago. And so here's what happened. The, you know, the two people were married, they got divorced, but in the midst of being married, they got to know each other's family. And so the wife would still talk to some of the people from the the previous family, which were their in-laws. And when they got divorced, the husband expected this wife to not talk to these people again. And so because the, I hope you're tracking with me, because the ex-wife still talked to some of the in-laws, the husband actually stopped talking to these in-laws. So it's like a husband or this husband stopped talking to his sisters who were talking to this wife. And so 
what what's going on there is there's a sense of anxiety within that the ex-husband that I don't like this. I'm uncomfortable with this. I think it's not okay. This is his opinion. And whether the opinion is right or wrong, I'm not getting into that, but it's more the sense of I'm going to try to control the situation that I don't like by not talking to you. I'm going to cut off this relationship and that's going to communicate to you, I don't like this. This is literally what little kids will do when they have a temper tantrum to get their own way. I'm going to have a temper tantrum. I'm going to scream until you get me that candy bar, until you give me that toy or whatever it is that you're that you're saying no to. I'm going to have a temper tantrum until you give it to me. And as with little kids, we want to work with them. We want to talk and be like, well, I get it. You want the candy or you want the toy. I want it too. And we can't just always get what we want. And a candy bar will give you a tummy ache. And you communicate the things and say, do you have any questions about that? I totally get it. You get a right to be angry. And that's the same thing with this situation here is that this, you know, the ex-husband totally has a right to be angry and not like that the sister is talking to his ex-wife. That's okay. That anger is actually all right. But then when the ex-husband isn't able to be self-aware, think, man, I love my sister. I want to have a good relationship with my sister and talk with her and just say, you know, I'm sad that you're talking to my ex-wife. I really would love it if you could talk more with my current wife, my new wife, and it makes me feel like you don't love me and you don't love my new wife and you're spending more time with her. I'm hurt. You know, like if he could get self-aware to recognize the pain that he has underneath, which is hurt, beyond the anger and communicate how he feels that sister could say gosh thanks for letting me know I didn't know that you were hurt by that I was friends with your ex-wife and I really loved her are you okay if I have a relationship with her it's not going to come before you it's not going to become before your new wife but can I still have a relationship with her outside of my life and can you be okay with that and support me because I love you as my brother and, and be able to get curious and have hard conversations instead of just cut off and control. Because underneath it is the sense of, ah, I'm anxious. I don't like this. Okay, so that's another example. College students, I think, can get into a place of fear and anxiety because they're away from home and they're alone and they're afraid. And there can be things that college students can do to have some form of control when they don't actually have it. And so you can get lots of stuff. You know, we can kind of get things that that comfort us. And this is where hoarding can kind of become um, a pattern and a habit is because you're filling in what isn't there. You know, you can turn to drinking too much or you can turn to um, activities that are harmful because it gives you some sense of control when the reality is you're missing your family and that's okay. You're missing the structure of home. You're missing the structure of mom having a meal, if, if that's what you grew up in. I'm just kind of giving examples. And so when you then move into this place of college and you have all this freedom, even though that sounds amazing and is wonderful, for some kids, it can actually give them a sense of anxiety because they don't know what's next. This is why with kids, it's so important to have structure. And I'd say with us adults as well, even businesses who have structure, you know, here's a 401k, here's the benefits package, we know what to expect, here's what you're going to get paid if you work this much. And 
college students, there's a lot of freedom there. So, okay, I've got to go to class. I need to go to, you know, this activity if I sign up for an activity. But there's a lot more that says you can do whatever you want. And so anxiety can show up there and then we can choose behaviors that make us think that we're in control. All right, and then I have one more example. Last night I actually had a dream where um, I there's a family member of mine that shared with me, another family member said, um, you aren't confident. So this this one person was kind of telling them, you're not confident and this is why, and kind of just heckling them, if that makes sense. Like, you know how you have family members where they'll just kind of tease you and they're doing it because they love you. And in this loving way, they're saying that they're not confident. And I was bothered by this. And my response in the dream was actually to do the same thing, was to actually control this person and tell her that she's confident. And I was like, this is what you're going to do to show that you're confident. And I had this like directive of what she was going to do. And she was going to ride down a hill and go up this hill through the snow. And this was this is the the dream that I had. And in the dream, I was analyzing in my head, I'm telling her what to do. This isn't the right way to actually get her to feel confident. And it was like my brain switched to that place of you need to talk to her like she's confident. You need to tell her that she's confident and allow the Holy Spirit to move through her through you telling this. So I know that's kind of a long-winded way, but I had it last night and I'm doing this episode today. So I I thought I would share it with you in this episode that I had this dream because we can so often want to control somebody in a good way. So here's this person that I love, but I saw somebody else tell her she's not confident and I'm like, yes, you are. But even in my wanting to encourage her, I'm being controlling so in my dream, and I'm like, yep, yeah, this stuff definitely sounds like me. So I'm, I want to share this. And this is actually why I wrote the book, The Brave Encourager, is because we want to encourage people, not control them, not tell them who they are, what they want to hear, but allow the Holy Spirit to move because God is the one who's doing the teaching. And again, you guys, this doesn't happen right away. And so we have to be patient. Life is mysterious. We can't control it. We can't control people. Proverbs talks a lot about wisdom, and what we want to do is to learn wisdom and live in the fear of the Lord, not our emotions. So learning to walk in the lane of what God tells us. Um, and also Ecclesiastes is a, is a book of the Bible that really talks about kind of letting loose that, the, that the, our life is kind of but, but a vapor, and we can't control our life. So we really need to stop trying. We have control over one thing, and it's our attitude. Okay, the book of Ecclesiastes wants us to to make us humble, but it doesn't want us to lose hope. Okay, the proper response and what what the Bible talks about is that we would fear the Lord, keep his commandments. We kind of walk in this way of keeping the Lord's commandments. Fear the Lord, not man. All right, and then Ecclesiastes 10.7 says, I have seen servants on horses while princes walk on the ground like servants. So the servants are on the horses, the princes are walking on the ground like their servants. And so what happens is we then be flipped. So really we are princes in the kingdom of the Lord, but we end up walking on the ground like servants and we do not access all that God has for us. And so we then spin our wheels being in control and are servants instead of princes and princesses. 
I have a friend named Matt Beckenham, and he wrote a book, Eden's Blueprint. I'm going to be having him on the podcast. Um, He talks about how we actually mess with God design in this book. We want to have the answers for everything, and we do things in our own wisdom because it gives us, like I said, some form of control. And God's design is that we rest in him and not our own design. Hebrews 4.10 says, For he who has entered his rest has himself also seized from his works as God did from his. Now, when I grew up in the church that I grew up in, this wasn't something that was talked about. It was more like head knowledge. And as I started to experience God's peace, I then can now talk about it. It's important for us to not just read the words, but we also have to allow the Holy Spirit to come with the power of the word so we experience this peace and have something that we can that that is applicable where we look different. I wouldn't be doing this podcast if I hadn't experienced the things that I experienced. I would still be doing what I was doing, which is fine. This is kind of the classic thing that I'm <laughs> that I keep going back to is we're all fine. We love Jesus. We're good, but we're not on fire. And so some of what I'm talking about is many of us just are living our life and we're fine, we're good, and we have some sense of control, you know, yeah, I have a little anxiety, it's no big deal, but we're not actually really going after what God has for us. So I'm, I'm going to end with a few things of what we can do to be free from anxiety and this sense of needing to be in control. And then I'm going to end with praying with you. And so I, I pray that as I'm taking talking about this and moving to this place of prayer, that more of the lies that you have held about thinking that you're in control will leave and you'll move into this place of freedom. Okay, so the first one is that you be self-aware. You want to recognize that you are actually struggling. Just like I was saying before, some people were just fine. And God is an accessory. I've got a cross on my neck. But there isn't that connection where it's changing you and there's movement in your life. And so we've got to first be able to be self-aware that we need God's help. This is something that I'm struggling with. If you think you're successful and you're getting a lot done and everyone around you is as well because of your control and all the things that you're doing, this is you being in control and not God. So for those of you who have this sense of, I think I'm in control and everything's going great, just know that when you start to yield to the Lord, some things will be bumpy at first, but that's okay. That's what the Lord actually wants is for you to break off the sense of you being in control and moving into trusting him. And when you trust him, it's so much better. And so number two is confess and repent. I have a friend that just talked about this, the difference between confession and repentance. Confession is, I confess that I sinned. I'm partnering with anxiety. But repentance is where we actually turn from our wicked ways, okay? So 1 John 1, 9 says, if we confess our sins, God is faithful and just and will forgive our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. So we confess, we say, Lord, I'm sorry with partnering with anxiety. I'm sorry with wanting to have this sense of control. But the next step talks about an act 319, repent, then turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out, that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. So when we confess and we repent, the Lord comes and refreshes us. So that peace that we thought that we were getting when we have control doesn't actually come in and give us real peace. We're going to keep going back to it. Okay, so number three is we want to give God back the power. 
All right, when we're allowing the anxiety to take over, we think we're in control. We think that the anxiety is decreasing. But the enemy actually has control, which is Ephesians 6.12. Our enemy is not against flesh and blood, but against powers and principalities of this unseen world. We want to take back the control that God gave us. Matthew 28.18 says, Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. So the Lord is who has this authority and power. We've got to give that back to the Lord. Okay, number four, the last one is let go of your mind. Dig in and trust the Lord. So you know those activities where you like learn how to trust other people and you stand up and you lean backwards and you, or you lean and you fall backwards and you lean into the people and you're trusting them? This is what we need to do with God. So I want you to actually kind of picture yourself doing that. And then I want you to lean back and fall on God fall on Jesus and just allow yourself to just fall and be free. For some of you, you might need to do some digging to see what's actually causing the lack of trust towards God. So I want some of you, if this is helpful for you, I want you to just walk through this and just say, I forgive my earthly father, mother, brother, sister, spouse, and just fill in the blank for whoever it is that you need to forgive. For having control over me, for causing anxiety, for hurting me, for bringing fear into my life. And I want you to say, I repent for partnering with a lie that being in control will cause me more safety. I repent for partnering with anxiety. And now I want you to say, I break the lie that God is a controlling God. In the name of Jesus. I break the lie that God was any way the same as my father, mother, brother, sister, spouse, whoever it is. Fill that in. Fill that in. In the name of Jesus. And then I want you to say, God, what is the truth about you? And then wait and listen. Pause the podcast if you need to. I want you to say, I break the lie that I need to be in control to have peace. I break the lie that I need to be in control. I break the lie that I can't trust anyone. I declare that I trust God with all my heart. I declare that I will begin to trust those around me with a discerning heart. James 4, 7 says, Submit yourselves therefore to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. And Holy Spirit, we just thank you for this episode. We thank you, Lord, for just the exposure that you're doing with the enemy's tactics. That these secret ways of we have control is somehow making everything better. And there's no shame in this. God's not mad. He's not saying, oh, you're in control and you're you're not trusting in me. He's not mad at all. He gets it. It comes from a place of hurt. It comes from a place of pain, which is why we have anxiety in the first place. Earlier when I was talking about the family member where the, where the, the ex-husband was mad at the sister for talking to the, to the ex-wife, he learned early on not to trust other people because they hurt you. So then the sense of control 
gives him some form of peace that I'm okay if I just cut off this relationship because then I don't have to dig and deal with this stuff. But the Lord wants you to dig. The Lord wants you to say, come to me. He says, come to me all who are weary and heavy burden and I will give you rest for your souls. He wants you to say, I'm mad at my sister because she's talking to my ex-wife. That's okay. God wants that. And then he will expose the deeper roots So I just declare Philippians 4, 6 through 7 over you, that you will be anxious for nothing, that in everything, by prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, your requests will be made known to God. You will make your requests known to God. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. I break off the spirit of fear right now in the name of Jesus. I break off the spirit of control, the spirit of witchcraft, the spirit of manipulation, anxiety, the spirit of discord right now in the name of Jesus, the spirit of intense anger, the spirit of arrested development in the name of Jesus. I thank you, Lord, that we are little children going to you to learn from our good Father how to do life how to rest in you and not be in control. So God, teach us how to rest in you. Teach us how to have this peace with you. Give us this peace right now, God. So I ask for a supernatural experience for everybody who's listening to know exactly what I'm talking about. That from the tip of your head all the way to your feet, that that peace that surpasses all understanding is coming and filling in your soul so you will know exactly what this verse is talking about. It's not just in your head, but it's moving from your head to your heart. And that's what I pray for you right now, that you can experience this peace, not just hear about it. And that that control will just be lost. And then I also pray that anytime you start to walk in that place of anxiety or control, that that will be a cue for you to come back, to just sit at God's feet and allow him to teach you. In the mighty name of Jesus, amen. Thanks for listening to the Strong Tower Mental Health Podcast. If you enjoyed today's episode, please rate and review the show on Apple Podcasts and subscribe wherever you listen. Your review helps the show reach more people and spread mental health awareness with Jesus at the Center. You can also check me out on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, or my website at HeidiMortensenLMFT.com. See you at our next episode.